What is going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's Pardon the Disruption. You guys are in for a treat. We have an amazing group of individuals that are on the show today. We're super excited. First and foremost, I am Matthew Potter, complete with Backwards Hat today, as our panel has you know, pointed out. Uh, I am your short sale connection, hedge fund connection, and co-founder of the family tree at Real Broker. Go ahead and shoot me a DM for more information on any and all of those. Super excited for uh, this show today. Before we start, just want to give our uh, newbies a rundown. We are going to have five pre-selected questions. Everybody will get 45 seconds to answer and then two minutes to chop it up after that the winner will be awarded a point or winners uh, based on best arguments and or Venmo payments to me directly. And then after that, we will have a sixth question that comes from our audience. And if you want your question featured, you can drop it in our YouTube live, Instagram, or you can text it to 33777. You can text question. We're gonna go ahead and start off with some introductions. We're gonna start today with my man, Leon G. Barnes. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Absolutely. We are happy to have you back, Leon. Next up, one of our favorite guests of all time. We have Jimmy the Bull Vreeland. Go ahead and introduce yourself, boss. Hey, everybody. Uh, Jimmy Vreeland, Cashflow Tactics. If you're interested in uh, long-term buy and holds and building wealth through uh, rentals, check out Cashflow Tactics. Awesome. Thank you, Jimmy, for joining us on Thursday. We know that it's still early there uh, in the loo. Next up... RJ Bates, what's going on? What's up, guys? RJ Bates, host of the tight. I don't even know my 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 podcast name. I take take two. There you go. Nobody oh, else I'm does either. My so. shirt. I told him that's the intro, so that's all I got. RJ Bates. I have a podcast, and hopefully, I'll remember the name in the seventh year of doing it. That's it. Outstanding. So clearly, we're off to just a blazing start here. Last but certainly not least, we have Eric Brewer. Introduce yourself. Uh, Eric Brewer out of uh, Central Pennsylvania, uh, Integrity First Home Buyers, also founder of the Brewer Method. I've taught over 400 real estate investors nationwide the new way to do wholesale, um, where you can take your deals and sell them to retail buyers on the open market. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to, to dig in today and make fun of everybody else on the panel. Absolutely. We're really glad to have you here, Eric, with your subpar digs on everybody. All right. Starting it off, first question. With spring here, what are you doing around your company for spring cleaning? Start us off, Leon. for this he recently did a presentation at our most recent collective genius mastermind in march 
on focus and, and focusing in on the things that bring you the most joy and the things that bring you the most financial gain. So delegation is the word for spring, delegating all those little things that can be done by someone else, at least at an 80% capacity of what you're capable of doing. So you can focus in on those things that make you uh, the most financial return, focusing on that 20% that gives you the most return, both from a financial standpoint and also from a personal. So delegation, getting rid of the little stuff is my spring clip. Outstanding. All right, next up, I'm I'm excited to hear this answer. Jimmy, what are you doing for spring cleaning? Uh, it is end of the quarter, so uh, Potter, this, this answer's not going to be that funny. It's just going to be kind of matter of fact. But it is end of the quarter, so we are doing our quarterly lead sweep. Uh, we get everybody in the wholesaling company uh, together in a room. We call every lead that came in throughout this quarter. We got a cowbell. Anybody who books an appointment, uh, we ring the cowbell. We kind of have fun with it. And then uh, end of the day, person who books the most appointment gets 100 bucks. Nice. I like that. That's a, that's a, that's a solid uh, end of quarter event right there. RJ, yeah, what I'm about sorry, you? I'm going to be more sarcastic or cutting to somebody else on the panel. Hey, but... don't, don't worry. We got five more questions, boss. Okay. I'm, I'm sure you're going to bring the heat today. All right, RJ, what are you doing on spring cleaning? Yeah, so mine is a little bit technical, but it's cleaning our data. Um, you know, we have been running with this data for, for a while now, accumulating the data, running it through our dialer, running it through SMS. And with the regulations on SMS being so strict nowadays, we can't run as much data through there as we previously did. But we are running as much as possible through cold calling, and we've added more virtual assistance to cold call. So what we're really wanting to do is nail down and try to only speak to the people that are highly motivated, uh, removing a lot of like the just absentee, just the high equity, and really trying to find people that are going to be more open to creative finance. So someone that's under some sort of financial distress, whether that's pre-foreclosure, a tax default situation, unwanted inherited, or going after the people that own it free and clear where we can purchase on terms. Okay. All right. All right. I like it. All right, Eric, what are you doing for spring cleaning? Um, pretty excited. Um, we've had a sticky sort of winter in business here, just between the normal slowdown with what happens around Q4 of the year. And then just with interest rates and some of the turmoil that was going on in the, uh, the marketplace. Uh, I feel like the last six months have been in survival mode. Um, you know, and operating from a scarcity mindset. As we look down, uh, you know, the pipeline here for spring, I'm super excited about new stuff, not just the preservation of old. And I feel like that's how we've spent about the last six months is clinging um, to every deal and every opportunity to be ensure we didn't go backwards. Forced our hand on some difficult decisions about personnel and some overhead and some expense. And, and now we're lean and mean. And uh, I'm starting to see new opportunities unfold because I think there's a reasonable amount of people, I'd guess almost 50% of the bottom performing wholesalers in the country have either gone out and gotten a new job or have just completely packed it in. So for those of us that are left standing, I think it's going to be, we're going to make some hay here come spring. Chop it up, gents. Is, uh, Leon says he's looking to find people that can perform at 80% 
of what he performs. That should be really easy for you to do, right, man? <laughs> Very. Super <laughs> simple. And on, on that note of, of a little smack talk, I loved everything about Jimmy's um, answer with one exception. Anybody else think like he, he's like the grandma in the 1980s? You, you do eight hours worth of work and she gives you a nickel. nickel. <laughs> and a cowbell. $100. Yeah, the Leon, for our team, it's more about the thrill of the victory. The 100 bucks is just a, a little added bonus. Oh but I mean, I, 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 one day I'll get to the big spender thing where I can just be throwing around a grand to everybody on a Friday. Hey, guys, we just generated a million dollars in sales. Here's a hundred bucks for you. Here's a hundred bucks for you. <laughs> and everybody else is going to Applebee's. That is my new big goal, Leon, to have that Oprah moment where I can just run around the office being like, here's a hundred bucks. Here's a million bucks for you. Here's a 20 grand for you. I can't wait to get there. Yeah. Apparently, inflation has not hit St. Louis yet because uh, that hundred bucks doesn't go a long way in most cities. I, I will say, I, Eric, I appreciate your answer, though, honestly. I mean, just talking about the past six months, kind of approaching things with the scarcity mindset. I think mm. if we're realistic with ourselves, all of us have had, well, minus maybe Jimmy, because he's been very open about, you know, what's going on in the rest of the world doesn't impact $20,000 houses in St. Louis. But <laughs> the rest of us, we have, a, have been approaching possibly with a little bit of a scarcity mindset. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. And then Eric, do you think it was a scarcity mindset or just maybe a realistic mindset? Um, I think the anticipation of what could happen in my mind was 10 times worse than what was actually going on. So yeah, I think it was more of a, a mindset and self-induced anxiety and less about what was actually happening around me. All right, gents, we're going to go, we're going to go ahead and uh, in that round, we're going to give it to uh grandma of Reland over there and, you know, <laughs> handing out the Werther's originals to the team. Um, you know, <laughs> congratulations on your point there. Thank you. Werther's <laughs> getting some Werther's. Yeah, get get go ahead and get yourself some Werther's out of out of his uh, candy dish on the way out of. I mean, the yeah, it's guy. not like I said, hey, I'll give you a quarter for like shuffling <laughs> this callus on my foot, like on Christmas vacation. Hey, Jeez, I loved every bit of it, every it, bit of it, with the exception of you handing out dollar bills, like uh, <laughs> like it's a thousand dollar spiff or something. And, it, and I mean, think, what do you think is an acceptable uh, prize for the like? The my four-year-old just had a birthday and like her step cousin gave her a hundred bucks, dude. Like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Eric. If you did a lead sweep, what do you think the winner should get? Thousand bucks. Thousand bucks? I'm just gonna blow it out there. It's a hundred dollars goes far in St. Louis. I mean, was that that was his EMD? It's not even a bonus. It was the earnest money deposit. <laughs> hey, hundred bucks I gave you. You got to put that down on that eleven thousand dollar duplex we're buying. Outstanding, absolutely outstanding. All right, Jimmy, you're going to start us off on this next one. If you were the DOJ of America and you could arrest someone on the panel, who are you arresting and why are you doing it? This should be Dude. fun. This is so easy. This is RJ. Like the last time I was on this show, he he kept doing this uh, like endorsement thing of something on his desk. And I was like, 
the first time he did the joke was like, oh, that's cute, RJ. Then the second time, and then the third time. He completely sucked the wind out of the entire show. So for horrible jokes, I would love the DOJ to come get RJ. You know, I, I'm not talking about life in prison, but like some substantial time to really think about your jokes. All right. Sounds like RJ is going to spend some time in solitary, according to Jimmy over there. All right, Eric, what about you? Who who are you uh, having arrested and why? So it's not Jimmy. The dude's cut from the military cloth. He stands at attention when he poops. <laughs> By the way, it still has no problem coming out. He's a little, you know, loose back there. But uh, Leon, you get to know him. Um, dude's just by the book. He's clinical. Um, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something as while we're talking about Werther's originals and grandmas, RJ's what my grandma would call Henri. Right? He, he's, it's not anything. There's just an optics and sort of a, a, a mischievous nature about him that there's certainly some skeletons in that closet. And if you can just get him cuffed and stuffed, I think it'll all come out. <laughs> wow. And he'll crack under pressure. You put him under some lights. Look how orange he was in that freaking YouTube <laughs> thumbnail pic. You put him in the interrogation room without like something, some type of super sweet and iced tea like he drinks in Dallas, Fort Worth. And in 25 minutes to an hour, he will crack under pressure, I'm sure. Uh, he'll give up he'll give up the tapes. I know that for certain. Ab- absolutely outstanding answer, bro. We're very impressed here. All right, Leon, who who are you throwing in the slammer and why? So I'm I'm disappointed that we had to pick someone in the panel because my easy answer was that, you know, that 50% of wholesalers <clears throat> that Eric talked about that are no longer in the game that are now educators, I would lock them up. But since I had to choose someone uh, on the panel, uh, and this is actually a compliment, I'm not trying to lock him up for a short or a long time. This is for a short amount of time. The person that I'm locking up is Eric, and here's why. He's the best smack talker I know. And it is so hard to get a word in edgewise with that dude. You can come up with the best comeback in the world and minutes and seconds at times. And sometimes later, he'll let it marinate for a little while. Okay, you got me, you got me. And then he'll come back with something even more clever. So you're trying to always one-up the dude. So I just need a day. I just need him a day in the pokey. Not, Not a week in the pokey, just a day in the pokey. That way, I can get a word in edgewise, not only on this show, but in most of our conversations. Outstanding. All right, RJ. You clearly were going to have to broadcast this from, you know, the local penitentiary, but who are you locking (laughs) up and why? Well, honestly, I was going to be pretty nice to everybody here. And I'm most offended by the fact that Leon just said Eric is the best trash talker he knows so just for that and the disrespect (laughs) that leon just gave me leon's going that is just utter bs right there i mean i'm going to roast leon for the rest of the month i'm just letting you know second person that's going is steve because i've never seen a podcast host with less personality than steve okay like it's just, it's abysmal. And last and certainly not least, okay? I mean, honestly, this might be first. Potter, for his judging skills, they're pathetic. This guy gives points out to me. Why Freeland won that first round? 
Potter all day long. Outstanding. So we're going to chop this up for the next two minutes, and clearly RJ is not going to win. Um, so the other thing is, I'm just going to throw this out there. What about CJ and Steve? Feel free to bring bring in, you know, the the you know the guys that decided to go ahead and take today off. Like, what well, what about them? Are we throwing any of them in? I, I think he threw three people in, so I think uh, RJ's got everyone covered. Yeah, yeah seriously, RJ's just trying to have a solo show now. Just Steve's explain for sure to going. RJ that Leon said I'm the best trash talker. RJ, your talk is just trash. <laughs> it's, it's the opposite of being a good trash talker. Your talk is just trash. That that, that actually doesn't move you up the list for votes, bro. I didn't include you, Eric. Why are you bringing yourself in yeah. on this? I'm doing my job. I can't let Leon down. I'm going to get stuck in the boat exactly. a little bit. I got to go down swinging. And do me a favor, RJ. I'll zell you. I'll Venmo you. Whatever I need to do, I am not the person that needs to be in the in the pan by any means. Don't I don't need to end up there. I'm above board. Like like Eric said, I'm very straight laced. Do not put me in jail. I'm just I, disappointed I, that the the Takashi six nine beatdown in the locker room at LA Fitness didn't make today's topics. How did that not make it to the <laughs> list of of priorities to address today? That's actually the burning question. That's and next Luke, week with something from the NBA. Maybe we can get a, a, a listener question at the end here. Someone will chime in and want us to address that. And also, Potter, what what do we think is going on in the market right now? Uh, honorable mention on what's going on, going on in the economy. The, uh, honorable mention here on who should be arrested is Breland for his absolute disrespectful answers when I was the host. His answer, his average time on his answers was six and a half seconds. It was like the most <laughs> awkward show to ever host. I mean, like, CJ, the, the only this, reason you were on the show was to judge and moderate. Like you felt like you opened up that space and I took it. And I mean, well, to I be fair, you just, still, you still let him win. CJ instead of RJ. I mean, RJ, whatever. Uh, okay. So since RJ thinks that I'm not fair um, and he's, Correct. I'm, I'm not. Um, and he thought he was going to get the point he from the chat good. over here. He didn't say fair. He just said, you're not good. Okay. Well, I was going to give it to Eric, and now Eric's not getting points either. All right. So sounds like Leon and Jimmy are both going to get a point that round because I'm just going to judge the way I want to judge. How about that? like it. All right. Next up. Uh, we'll start with, I mean, since we, you know, we'll, we'll start with Leon. Since, you know, Jimmy got to go last time after he got a point. Um, what strategy, process, or practice is currently working for you? So I'm going to go into my personal uh, real estate business versus talking about the collective genius here. Um, I have noticed, uh, especially over the last year with marketing, that there has become a, a limiting return unless you are just spending crazy amounts of money on a monthly basis. And this really relates to that smaller investor that's looking to go from 20 deals a year to 40 or from 30 to 60. Uh, we're really taking a laser approach um, on our marketing strategy, specifically from a direct mail. Um, we took more of a shotgun approach in the past. And, and now, um, especially over the last six months, we're having success with dialed in on the data, spending more for data, and sending less on that side. I know I've heard a lot of people say, well, direct mail just isn't performing at the level 
that it has in the past. And obviously, there's less people motivated to sell today than there was, um, you know, before last spring. So we're really focusing in on a smaller number, uh, rifle approach um, instead of a shotgun. Okay, okay. All right, Jimmy. What about you? What's working? Brewer method. Um, Eric, in January, was talking about the, uh, what was the phrase? The MLS is the new hedge fund, or the uh, FHA VA buyers, the new hedge fund. Um, and I, uh, I didn't, my opinion, I didn't really necessarily have an opinion, but I was like, Brewer's a smart guy. I'm going to test this out. And we started novating everything. Uh, I started doing direct to seller to find more turnkey deals. And uh, unfortunately, direct marketing is not doing that, but it's getting me a bunch of novations. It's like we're not turnkeying every, anything because we're no, our brewer method, brewer method, novating everything. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, all right. Next up, what about you, RJ? What's working? So I'm going to go the route of when we're talking to sellers, um, we are making sure a lot more than we were in the past that we are providing them with multiple solutions to their problem. So if we know that they need to sell in the past, we made it very limited when we would try to purchase something sub two, or if we would try to get it seller finance, or even in the case of the brewer method, uh, but also taking it a step further, if it's inside the state of Texas, we're also offering to list that for them if we're not the solution, utilizing Cassie's license as a realtor. So just making sure that we're really detailed, having slightly longer conversations <clears throat> and just offering a solution no matter what. So we're not burning through as many leads. Very nice. All right, Brewer, what about you? A uh, couple things are sort of, um, for us, uh, experimental and, and we're seeing results. Number one, um, I think everybody in this space is always looking for a way to get more qualified leads. And I feel like we've done just about everything that's out there um, with varying results. We started doing radio about three months ago. And uh, I had done it about four or five years ago and spent 25 grand, never got a deal. I don't even think I got a lead. And got introduced to, to, to someone that had experience doing radio. They made a connection, a referral, I ended up talking to someone and they said, hey, I've cracked the code on radio, follow this plan. We followed it step by step and we're spending $4,000 a month getting two deals directly off radio. Um, so it's relatively inexpensive. It's generally a higher quality lead, similar to what we see from TV. And uh, it's, it's an inexpensive marketing method right now. So that's number one. Number two has been, to RJ's point, we're trying to extract every possible dollar out of a lead. Um, no matter what they're asking for the house, um, you can stretch them out to a 50-year amortization at 0% interest and almost any price would make sense um, from a cash flow perspective. So sub two, creative finance, um, you know, novations we've obviously been doing for about 15 years. So those are still consistent for us. So those two things right now for us are some innovations that seem to have some traction right now. Eric, do you think that the reason why radio is working for you better in comparison to say billboards is? Did RJ leave the chat? Oh, oh man, right. I lost you at. 
right in the middle of my joke. That sucks. Damn, the internet saved Eric. What I asked you was, is do you think the reason why radio is working better than billboards is because you have a better face for radio than billboards? Uh... (laughs) Good one, Jimmy. It's not that funny. Uh, Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, TV does really well, though. I said it works. I didn't say it was better than TV. So uh, okay. my, my, my face is still plastered all over billboards and TV. But uh, no, I mean, honestly, the, the, the real answer <clears throat> to that question is this person gave me a specific roadmap to fire, you know, to, 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 to operate off of only buy these spots, do a 67 commercial, no background music. It's 100 percent a dry read. And we followed it to the T and uh, we're actually on a a lot of the same stations we were on before, but we're getting results. We get about seven to eight leads a week for a thousand bucks and we're buying two homes a, a month already. So I think it was just, I will, the recipe. I will say from experience and working with plenty of people that have tried radio, it's the best return for the amount spent uh, that I can remember in the last six years of hearing those that have had success even with radio. Cause it's typically, if you're dumping the same amount of money in television from what I've seen, um, TV is always a, a better return. Um, so that, that that's one strategy that uh, I not a lot of people are doing that, that um, is probably the best return I've heard on radio. Well, I think that's that's part of the reason why, right? It's not a crowded space right now. TV the last two years has become super popular. There's a couple service providers out there. The one we work with, Darren Dame at Bullseye Media, NCG is probably going TV for 50 plus members there. Radio is not a very crowded space right now. So I'm sure that's why I'm probably getting that type of return. And maybe after this show, there'll be some more competition across the country in radio, but that's what we do, right? You just constantly test out new stuff, see if you get traction. And if you do, we went four grand a month to probably coming up here April 1st, we'll double that budget um, and see if we can scale those results. You know, what's funny about you bringing up radio and TV is is one of the things that on the marketing channel that's really popped off for us recently has been YouTube ads. Um, and you think about TV, that's going to hit a certain age demographic, but YouTube ads are going to hit probably the the age demographic right below that. And, and we've been able to get really good leads off of that uh, for essentially just the people that are going off and Googling need to sell my house fast. Then they go on YouTube. We're the first ad that's popping up Mm -hmm. on that YouTube video that they're watching. That and streaming services as well. Another strategy that a lot of members and Collective Genius are utilizing right now because there are so many different streaming services available um, as well. So there's there's different demographics watching different channels, radio, television, YouTube, what have you. What the biggest takeaway I wanted to to address um, as we wrap up here on this this particular question is the amount of value that was just given from the panel um, minus Jimmy. Um, just joking. Um, don't kill me. Um, the, um, the amount of value that was given, here, that, that if you summarize this, it's the evolution of the real estate investor, right? It's, you know, if you're speaking of a, an athlete, let's say a basketball player, you get dribble, you get your dribble down first, right? You get your foundation, then you start adding shooting, you add your defense, all these things that you're adding to become a five tool type of player. These are the things that these guys are talking about is finding ways to drive leads 
and then monetize as many of those as possible by learning skills that allow you to do that. Phenomenal uh, information given away here. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm going to agree on that. There was some great information from everyone except for Uncle Fester over there that wants to laugh at, you know, my laugh. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm wow. looking at the top of your head, Brewer. Um, <laughs> that being said, seriously, though, you guys did just kill it with the information there. So good job. Everybody's going to get a point this round. I'm going to go ahead and give you guys, uh, you know, a fair level playing field. Don't start, Eric, or I'll take it away. I see it on your face I already. Your half point. It's worth it. Let's hey. take a lead sweep, have Jimmy chip in 100 bucks, <laughs> and we can get you an undershirt for underneath your golf shirt there so you don't have that taco meat chest hair hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you just, are you just je are you jealous? Maybe you woke up late at noon Pacific time today, but, um, I mean, come on, man. Get a tank top working there or something. Tank top, <laughs> Hey, tank top ain't going to stop this chest beard, bro. Like, all look, right, it just all, all grows right. together. Right. This is what Anyways. I love about this show, like tremendous value given about new marketing <laughs> strategies down to taco hair. That, that was clear. <laughs> Look, we run the gamut here. We, you know, we serve a broad audience. That's right. <laughs> All right. As successful entrepreneurs with massive success in real estate and other endeavors, how do you define success? Go ahead and start us off, Brewer. I'm going to start you off over there, taco hair. Let's go. I actually watched this. Uh, yesterday on a clip from um, Steve's podcast with Larry Yatch. And he said, success is not an accomplishment. It's a feeling. And I think um, that really sunk in with me. And I thought a lot about that. Right. So, and, and then when you think about it, if it's a feeling, where do our feelings come from? Our choices. So you can actually decide to feel successful. You can look at what you have and make a decision that you're halfway to where you want to be. You don't have the money you want. You wish you had a bigger house. You wish you were, you know, driving a different car, or you can make a choice to look at what you have around you, be grateful for the blessings that we have, and just consider yourself make the decision to feel successful. Um, and I think there's an awful lot of truth to that. I think the way that we define success probably should vary from person to person. Would Jimmy or Leon or RJ's considered successful? This may not match up with me, and that's okay. It doesn't make their definition wrong or mine not suitable. I think success is happiness. And, uh, you know, what makes each individual person happy may be different. But for me, it's having a balance between challenges that, you know, I love solving problems. And that's what work I think does for me is the opportunity to solve problems. And then um, traveling over the last two weeks made me realize how much I actually miss family when I'm home. And the ability to just spend time with the people I care about, for me is how I define success. You, you finished strong on that. Uh, big, big starting out was just feeling that was an awful answer, but I'm glad that I'm glad that you went ahead and finished strong there. Appreciate All right, Leon, what about you? What defines success? So um, success um, is defined differently for everyone, as Eric mentioned. I think the same thing about scale when it comes to business, and all too often. I think people talk, come in talking about scale and they, and, and they lose what truly makes people successful. And in my opinion, it's a more of a personal thing than it is for business. Although all of us are hard-charging entrepreneurs and want to continue to grow and be better, ultimately, I think all of those things are to drive experience towards human life. So even if you don't have a family, 
when I feel the most successful is when I felt successful last week with my family on spring break, getting to spend a week with my kid, my kids in, in California and experience a new state with them that they had never really um, explored. Those things make me feel very successful. But those are all driven from the, the goals that I set every single year for myself from a, from a business standpoint to achieve. That, that gives me and drives happiness. At the same time, I cannot be truly happy and feel successful if I don't hit my personal goals as well. And a lot of that comes back to making sure that I'm being present and with my family and having new experiences with them every single year and as often as possible. Good answer. Good answer. All right, Jimmy, what about you? How are you defining success? I'm going to go with uh, Larry Yach as well. Uh, it's a phenomenal book. If people are looking for another uh, book, uh, how leadership actually works. But in the book, Larry uh, defines success as optimized daily success, sustainable over time. So a lot of people think they'd be happy if they were just rich and could sit on the beach all day and like quite frank. And then, you know, three margaritas every day, probably not sustainable over time. Then you take the other pendulum of that, just work, 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 work all day long, never see your family not sustainable over time. So it's about finding that balance and then getting a daily routine, getting something day, you know, daily, weekly that makes you happy, helps you have fun and challenges you. Very good. Very good. All right, RJ, what about you, boss? So I just got to spend the last weekend in San Antonio at a, at a real estate entrepreneur event and, I got to meet one of our students there, Dante from San Diego. His level of success is he does a couple deals a month and the rest of the time he spends surfing and snowboarding and whatever he wants. I got to hang out with Ryan Pineda. He's starting a new business every 35 minutes and is constantly trying to push the limits and, and gain millions of followers on every different platform. And then you've got Jerry Norton. His level of happiness and success is how many kids can he have? Right now, I think he's at 73. You know, I mean, so everyone has a different level of what they consider successful. Um, I, I think it's going back to some of what uh, the other people said. Whatever makes you happy, whatever your personal goals are, as long as you're achieving that for yourself, that's success. Not what other people are judging you by. Not how many deals you do. Not what revenue you're making but are you internally happy with where you are on your journey? Any further discussion, gents? Yeah, I love that point that RJ made. It's, you know, be true to you, right? You know, some investors come into our community and they think they want what others have. And then they realize that that's not what makes me happy. Going back to your reference of two deals a month and surf the rest of the day. You have to find that. I will say, though, that doesn't come overnight, right? I think most of us here are at an age where we, we truly know what makes us happy. It may have taken us some time. I always say I, don't, I didn't know who the hell I was until at least 30 years old. And at, in my 40s, I'm just truly defining what true success and true happiness is for me. So this is a journey. It doesn't happen uh, overnight, but be true to you and what makes you happy. I think I'm happiest, although my losses have, have been piling up. I think I'm happiest when I'm at CG and I'm playing basketball with the group. And then we get to go 
uh, and learn and 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 uh, iron sharpen iron together. Those are my some of my favorite moments in life is experiences with others who are like minded. I think ultimately, I've said this a couple of times on different podcasts. Comparison is the thief of joy. Um, mm, well said. And, and I think if you can remove that from your life and write down what you really want in your journey, whether it's business, personal, just ultimately what your life looks like, you can achieve that, that success. Mm. And that's a big deal. Awesome. I think RJ, like having it written down, knowing exactly what your target is. Uh, well, to back what Leon was saying in my thirties, I had no idea. I had nothing written down. It was always just more and more and more. And then, you know, I had a coach who said, you know, write it down and then work backwards towards it. That, but by the way, that particular exercise, Jimmy, is something we talk quite often about is that people don't ever achieve happiness because they haven't defined it. When I get to this, I'll be happy. Well, maybe, but, but what is happiness for you? So finding what that is and then working backwards from there, it usually takes, unless you have a mentor, it usually takes in your late 30s and 40s to figure that out because you're grinding so much. And that's, again, going back to the journey of finding happiness. That's something that takes time. You're not gonna have life balance in your 20s trying to build a business. You, you have to work towards it, but it's something that is a journey and doesn't happen overnight. Good thing is you have mentors here like Uncle Jimmy that'll give you a shiny nickel once you get there. <laughs> Way to work that back in, Leon, good work. Preach yourself. <laughs> oh man all right so i know i've been busted on my uh <clears throat> judging by this individual but he did definitely hit on it with the uh the or uh comparison about um you know losing your joy with your um whatever the there hell you said RJ. Joy. so so eloquently said so well said outstanding there we go. I'm, I'm just try, I'm trying to operate just a little bit above where Brewer is right now, guys. Yeah. All right. You're, you're failing. And no, I'm clearly succeeding. Um, yeah. All right. Next uh, up. What sure. what does BlackRock reading opportunities amid the damage of rate hikes in the recession mean to you? Start us off, RJ. I mean, I, I think it goes back to some of our points a couple of weeks ago. I mean, there's going to be pain. There, we're, we're going to feel it. They're going to make sure that there's going to be losses had. And yeah, with losses, there's going to be opportunities to come in for other investment groups. And I, I think that's kind of the reality of what we're sitting here. The Fed has continually said, we're, we're going to keep going until we fix this problem that we've created and with inflation. And that's going to happen with the interest rate hikes. And it's going to keep going until there's there's losses. And I think as real estate investors, it's our responsibility at this point to shelter ourselves and prepare to not be affected by that pain and then be able to capitalize on the other side of it. Good answer. Good answer. All right, Brewer. What you got for us? You know, I'd, you making notes? I think I'd, I'd refer back to what RJ said that happiness must steal joy for people. You know, it's, it's, it's like I've always said, you know, uh, steal joy, you know. So no, I think it's, uh, there's, there's one lever, you know, that, that uh, the 
Federal Reserve has to pull when they're trying to fight inflation. And then there's this balance between a recession and inflation. And I think generally what we've seen is as they continue to increase rates, um, they're not actually getting the response uh, in the amount of time that they think they should. And there's all of these other sort of ancillary um, things that are going on uh, that continue to pop up. And uh, it's really hard to, 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 to sift through it. And I think that's the thing that I'm, I'm excited about coming into spring. And I've actually stopped the, paying attention to a lot of that stuff. And I'm going to focus on what happens in my world, um, taking care of buyers and sellers, hiring the best people. And as the, you know, we just had a, a meeting with a bank today that's begging to give us money. And as I sat with the vice president of this lending, he's like, I can't lend money right now. People are too rate conscious. We have all of these funds that we have to lend. And the only way we make profit is when we lend the money. Please take a few million dollars from us and spend it responsibly. So in my little world in central PA, it's not having any negative impact. It's creating an opportunity for me. And I'll continue to leverage those as long as I can see them clearly. Very nice. Very nice. All right, Leon, what about you? I think this is exactly what BlackRock has been telling you for many, many months. They're holding the line of they think there's going to be a global recession. They think things are going to get bad. So like Eric said, you know, we've been talking about this for, I don't know, six months now of, uh, of, being lean, being mean, making sure you're taking care of people, uh, focusing in. I mean, today, just from the panel's discussion out of the gates, is you heard most people talking about laser focus and monetizing more leads. Uh, I think the other piece of this that we've talked about before is just making sure that you're being fiscally responsible with your business, you know, not taking shotgun approach where the last three years you've been able to waste some funds. You've been able to try some things that maybe uh, didn't pan out for you. So I would make sure that I'm getting laser focused and doubled down on being as liquid as possible, hiring the best possible human beings that you can hire to help you grow and scale your business during a time of unknown. If you focus in on those things, it doesn't matter what the market does. We've talked about this before. People are always going to need housing and housing is still in a shortage. Focus on what you can, uh, what you do best and then be as liquid as possible to hopefully be able to take advantage of some of the things that may come your way. Jimmy V, what are your thoughts on BlackRock? Uh, I, if you read Ray Dalio's last book, he says every investor, their biggest damage, their biggest risk is inflation. That what they invest in, the cash is going to lose so much value that it's not going to buy them anything. So what do investors have to do? They have to run to hard assets. What is the industry we are in? We are in hard assets. Most people, when they think hard assets, they think gold and silver. Problem with gold and silver is it doesn't cash flow. It's simply a hedge. Like we're in a very nice spot where we're the only place where you can buy a hedge that actually cash flows and grow. So like regardless of what happens to the, if you're going to buy and hold for long term, regardless of what may happen to interest rates or the underlying value of the asset, it is irrelevant. Like Brewer said it, the Fed has one lever, the interest rate to try to curb inflation. They're not cutting government spending. They have to create more currency to bail out those banks that just failed. Like this inflation thing, it is not going away. And it is the greatest threat to people's retirements. It is the great uh, short-term recession. Short-term price drop in assets is not the greatest threat. It is 
the currency losing all of its value. And I don't see interest rates really curbing that loss. And so I think we're in a good spot. Chop it up. One, that's the best answer Jimmy V has ever given. Agreed. Two, Potter, I, have a, I have a request. Can we not have any more questions about the recession with the guy from St. Louis and then the guy from St. Louis and Northeast named Brewer? No. Why? Why is that? Here's what I was I was thinking about this today. As like the real estate industry, we might be failing because we're just on our dispo side. We're just selling features and benefits. We're not selling how this could be like the one asset that is like a cockroach in a nuclear war that that survives no matter yeah. what, no matter what happens. Like nobody's talking about that. If you I was on I was listening to Dan Crenshaw's podcast today. I forget the guy uh, he was talking, but people retirees are suffering and the, the blue collar worker suffering because he never he or she never bought assets and the currency's lost its value. Assets values inflated over the last 30 to 40 years, especially since 2008. And it's he's like, people are poor because they're not buying assets. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm in an industry that sells assets. Maybe I should be telling people about this. But to that, to your point, RJ, about the Midwest and, and the Northeast, specifically where, where, where Brewer is, and I, I'm in the Midwest as well. I'm not feeling you know that as much as the, the markets like San Francisco, but I'm talking to investors every day from San Francisco and San Diego and LA and Miami. They felt it in Phoenix, quite frankly, Steve. They felt that 20 to 25% shift overnight, and the summer was a little rough, but it's made its way back because inventory has been so low they're not feeling that major uh, a, a major difference than we are they're just not able to hold as many assets the twenty thousand dollar duplexes that we buy in the midwest they don't they're not getting that um i i thought you were going to say can we not talk about the recession moving forward because i quite frankly I, I don't think that it's something that uh, until the bottom falls out or something drastically changes i feel like all of the the media all the information that comes out is just to, to to potentially spin it their way for their message. Yep. You know, and then touching base on what Jimmy just said, Jimmy, last week we had a question about the 1031 exchange potentially going away. And to answer, like, just to add on to what you were talking about there, these, the people that don't own the hard assets are the ones that are being punished right now. That's what I was talking about. If they take away the 1031 exchange, it's not going to impact us, guys like us that do this all day, every day, because we'll just find another avenue. It's going to impact the the people that have been working at W-2 and they've been relying on the 1031 exchange to increase what hard asset they've gone. So I'm a single family home to 10 units. That's how they were able to do it. That's who it's going to impact. And that's not the person that they're trying to go after. And so just I just wanted to add that from last week's episode. Well, those silly gooses in the government, you know, here's what they're saying. We're going to get rid of that 1031 and we're going to really hurt those rich people because they're bad. But who's it really hurt? It hurts the mom and pop retiree. Whose inflation really hurt? The mom and pop retiree. It's like this, we've seen this game played before. Two things I have to add. One, Jimmy, your mic definitely is working. Hot. Coming in hot. Now, RJ, you know why his normal responses last six seconds? Because once he goes outside of that, his real 
eloquent side comes out and words like silly goose start getting implemented. <laughs> That's why you let him operate in his safe space, right? He goes beyond that. And it's like, what's the other one he uses all the time, Leon? Poopy pants. Poopy pants. Well, I, yeah. well, I, use, I had to replace MF with silly goose because I was like MFing everyone. Uh. I, or I, I like I to use hippie that. a lot instead of dumb MF. Like, there you go. Yeah. I like it. Not quite as sure. inflammatory. Well done, sir. I promised you guys we would be, be bringing a really well, great episode to Potter, the table. I got one more economic thing to talk about. But one of the greatest things Bruce oh. Norris said at that CG event. Did you just Kanye is... me? <laughs> Sorry, bro. Yes, he did. He totally Kanye you. But his mic is so hot, you got to let him go. <laughs> All right, go. Drop it in. Here at, at the CG event, when interest rates skyrocketed in the late 70s and early 80s, if you were in an economics 101 class, you would have expected housing prices to plummet. But in that time period, interest rates doubled and, at, and the median home price in the United States tripled. Yes, yes, so yes. Just because high interest rates doesn't mean real estate takes a takes a hit okay all right just, i don't know why it RJ's... Out there for the people who are all all panicky all you silly gooses yeah, yeah. all you silly gooses are like uh oh interest rates i got to get out of real estate that is really really a silly decision someone it's, mute that hippie it's silly it's silly geese you know we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and use proper english i got brewer over here he looks like he's like one finger typing like he's sitting there he's sending an email trying to get a Werther's original from jimmy over here all right so that round we're we're gonna give that one to jimmy v because i will say this was actually the most intelligent answer that we've ever gotten out of jimmy v on the show and we're extremely excited you brought some great um energy to the table today as i, I was know, really I hoping do, i do kind of miss the times when i win because i'm just yelling at people and insulting them but i'll take an intellectual win today there there we go hey it's a way to broaden your horizons we're proud of you all right question number six last but not least what is the biggest risk you've taken in the last five years besides being on this show go ahead and start us out jimmy oh that wasn't a pre-planned one i gotta think about this one yeah that's the point yeah <laughs> uh the last six years five five um, We're not like it makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, go in direct to seller. Uh, okay. Start start spending to go to direct to seller, and it was a. It felt like a big risk at the time to start buying the mail and uh, buying the TV ads and whatnot. But very glad I've done it. Okay. All right. Next up, RJ. What's the biggest risk in the last five years for you? I think we all just realized why Jimmy's answers are so short because he actually doesn't have an answer. And so when he does, he just goes like, he's, I'm going to cash in on all of the time that I've reserved. Um, no, th listen, I, I've had some, some big risks over the, the past couple of years. And, and I'll say that those were the, the biggest risks because they were also the biggest losses that we took. Um, in particular, we, we had a couple of projects that we were not equipped to take on. Um, and I did it to bail out. It was essentially wholesale deals that we wholesaled and we recommended a hard money lender. 
And then the two buyers for the projects defaulted on the loan. And so I took over those projects sub two to protect my hard money lender. And the, the risk was not worth the reward at the end because we ended up losing hundreds of thousands of dollars because we were not prepared to take on those projects. And, and the relationship was not salvaged by our actions. So that was the biggest, biggest risk that we took. And it also ended up being some of the biggest losses that we've ever taken. Yeah, that's uh, that's real talk right there. All right, Eric, folded arms. Well, what's going on over there in your office? What's, what's your biggest risk in the last five years? You know, I might take a slightly different approach to this. Um, I think the biggest risk I've taken in the last five years is getting comfortable. Um, and it's actually the lack of risks. I've been talking about five years, the opportunity to expand, the opportunity to do more multifamily, the opportunity to start buying businesses, the opportunity to move to Tampa, Florida, the opportunity to get in better shape, the opportunity to go play men's league basketball with my son and create memories that I'll remember for the rest of my life. And um, the biggest risk that I took is that I may have time to do that next year, next month, next decade. And, you know, I think I'm often reminded um, at just how, you know, um, short life can be. And if I'm being honest, the biggest risk that I took in the last five years is not taking more risks um, and doing more of the things that I believe that I'm destined and capable of doing because I want to stay in this kind of safe little area where I have everything that I believe that I'm entitled to. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, I mean, maybe that's a little backwards for the intent of the question, but I think the biggest risk for me in the last five years is not taking more risk. Okay. I follow, I follow it. I, I kind of think that's a pretty good answer there. You know, not saying you might get a point, just saying, you know, it's kind of a good answer. All right, Leon, yeah, I mean, what about you? Job interview, I said my greatest weakness is that I'm just too strong everywhere. Kind of the same type of answer. <laughs> <clears throat> Baffling with bullshit, bro. <laughs> is, it, is it my turn? Is it it, it, is, it, it is, is your now? turn, Leon. Here, okay. here we go. There you go. If I had a if I had a mute button, man, I'd, I'd uh, it would be nice. So uh, <laughs> for me, uh, it's kind of twofold. Uh, I moved my family uh, from Kansas, where I knew um, almost everyone, uh, in the city had great connections. I was coaching high school basketball, um, coaching summer AU, which is a passion of mine. It's my ministry outside of real estate. And I gave that up to move to Tampa, Florida. Most people say, well, you moved to Tampa, you won. Yeah. But that's easier for most people to say, because they're just thinking of the weather and the opportunity. But for me, that was hard because I have a, uh, a, a flipping business and a small, um, but a rental portfolio back in Kansas that I had to leave and, and, and make sure that I had the right people in place for that. And I can tell you that it's easy to move. I did it several times when I was single, but to move wife and kids uh, across country um, for the collective genius, I, I, I had to believe in the core values and the mission of this organization so much so that I would uproot my family from the middle of the country uh, to Florida during COVID, mind you, uh, when Florida was the, the red hot state for, for COVID. Um, and so for me, giving up my comfort zone and taking a risk and going to a state where I knew 
pretty much no one. And it allowed me to get outside of my comfort zone. And, and, and what's happened is we have more rental doors than we've ever had. Um, the business is better today than it ever has been. And Collective Genius, we've grown from one group to two and, and doubled you know, the amount of members that we have in it. So it was a big risk, but it had paid off. Leon, I'm curious, would you have made the same risk if it wasn't for you? If it was for one of your family members, like, for example, Eric in his circumstance with his son, if he had to move, would you have made the same move if it was for another family member? Uh, what do you mean? Would I move for one of my, my kid? Yeah. If your kid says, has an opportunity and, hey, we need to move, would you have uprooted your life for that? Or if your wife had some, you know, unique yeah. opportunity to, to, to sure. do something career-wise, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. And I think it ultimately depends upon the situation. For me, I can, I can do this remotely. Um, and, you know, so um, yes is the answer for my specific situation. Um, I'm always, if you know anything about me, which Eric and Jimmy know me pretty well, I'm always going to do what's best for our community from a business standpoint and my family um, as a unit, not as for individuals. So if the best thing for our family, yes, is the answer. Can I answer that question? Cause I think it would be like 50, no. 50 for me. I don't know that I could go. I mean, it's a big, like, think of everything Leon just talked about, right? He was comfortable. He had a, a, a community around him. He, he knew his way around his hometown. He's very well connected by the way. Um, just a, a shout out to Leon today. My son's a aspiring scholarship athlete. And just to give you like the, the caliber of the connection that happens, not only on this call, because um, I consider all of you guys to be friends, um, even including Potter. Um, I, only, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> hopefully nobody's watching. I wouldn't, I'd hate that to drag down my reputation, but um, you know, he went out of his way that he was connected with someone in his local community that coached college basketball for 20 plus years and this dude stuck his neck out and said, hey, I know this kid that works really hard. He's got, you know, a, a long sheet of accomplishments, comes from a good family. And uh, what was it, Leon? A day later, there's a connection that happened with a college coach that's in a position to give him a scholarship and go play college basketball. Like, um, you know, so if, if you think about like pulling yourself out of it feels good to be able to do that. Right. Like you had the ability to be able to make that connection because you were you, you were from there. You grew up there. You guys were in the same for me, that's a scary thing to do because as a as an entrepreneur um, and, and even just a, a man, a family man that has responsibilities, our network is 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 invaluable, right? Like you, everybody on this call could pick up the phone and call somebody and almost have any one of your prayers answered. If you needed something, we all have probably five to 10 people that we can call that are going to be there for us. So I, I don't know that I could make that decision. I think that would be really challenging. Um, can I tell you why I did that? it, Eric? Yeah. The reason that I did it, um, I, I talked about every decision that I make is always for the betterment of the community or the family. And I was very comfortable, as you mentioned earlier. <clears throat> and I had a great, uh, I, I have a lot of connections in, in that city. Um, and leaving it meant that it got me out of my comfort zone and my kids 
got to see a father that wasn't, they grew up with a comfortable father. They had someone that said, I'm going to get outside of my comfort zone for his, for him to continue to develop and be better. But also it gave my kids better opportunities long-term. We evaluated both. Will it make us better in a better situation as a family? And also will the kids have better opportunities for education and experience and all of those things? That's ultimately why I did it. It's not saying that, that it was easy. It's the mo- one of the most riskiest things I've ever done. Uh, and it was difficult. But when we weighed all things, the best thing for the family long term. And we're going to finish it on that. I like Leon uh, coming coming through, getting us in the heartstrings right now. Uh, I like it. Um, everybody had a great, great response. This is going to be one of those. I'm just going to go ahead and round robin this out. Everybody's going to get a point on this one. And I can't believe that I'm saying this without some horrible judging snafu occurring. Jimmy Vreeland is our winner today. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Potter, Potter, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I will give Leon the mute button. Like this participation trophy crap. No more of this. Everybody gets a point. Like, hey, I mean, it's as it's as worse as my hundred bucks. I'm going to give out as an award. It, this is worthless. Calm like, down, no, Werther's. I'm calm not, down. I'm recusing this because half two of my points were participation trophy points. All right, fantastic. Then in that then in that case, you silly goose, you're not going to win today. That's fine. I I would I can't take a participation trophy. Good lord. Good lord. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us today. We we appreciate you taking time out of your day to sit there and listen to us chop it up. Uh, even, you know, Eric over there with his uh, sub, subpar uh, answers today and me, you know, going through a factory reboot as I was trying to award points to RJ. Uh, that being said, we're going to go ahead and head out. But before we head out, going to give everybody a chance to outro. Start us off, Leon. Leon G. Bond. Collective Genius, shout out uh, to the panel today. Great discussion as always. Uh, Looking forward to seeing Steve and CJ back uh, next week, potentially. And if not, that's okay, too. And congrats, Jimmy, on your win. Here's your prize, my friend. A little shiny little quarter right there. Here's your prize. (laughs) Outstanding. Thank you, Leon. All right. Jimmy, Jimmy Participation Trophy V, go ahead and send us out. Um, if you're interested in uh, checking out how turnkey properties work, we are doing the Cash Flow Heaven Tour in St. Louis, uh, May 11th and 12th. So we'll do a bus tour. You get to go through every part of the rehab. You get to see how we find the house, rehab the house, talk to our property management people, and show we'll show you how we get tenants in the house. If you want to do it a passive or semi-active berm uh, manner, but uh, join us in St. Louis for Cash Flow Heaven Tour. Awesome. RJ, send us out from uh, Texas, boss. This is why I was saying Potter is such a terrible judge. Somehow Vreeland wins with four points. I mean, RJ, can I get some street cred for recusing that? Be like, yeah, have some guts. Give a point out. Like everybody getting participation trophy. It's easy to do after you've already won. It's a wonder why you didn't speak up before the voting was finalized. (laughs) What do you mean? I spoke up right then and there. Uh, Come on, dude, the holy hippie. Come on, yeah. you silly goose. Like a backhanded <laughs> recusal. Uh, RJ Base the third. Uh, check out my podcast, The Titanium Vault. It's where I interview all of the 
up real estate investors. That's why I haven't interviewed anyone on this panel. Wow. Wow. That was okay. awesome. Uh, all right. All right, Eric. I, I know I know we pick on each other, but nothing but love. Go ahead and send yourself out. Uh, Eric Brewer the first. Uh, just felt compelled to since the third. It's amazing that you got the three of those. You would think one would be plenty. But uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, I, I've been teaching Novations for about two years. I've been doing them for 15 years. Uh, no BS. It's, it's the one thing um, that, that, that's keeping a lot of real estate investors and wholesalers in business and above water right now. Um, it's basically a way to monetize um, nice houses and, and, and sell them on the MLS to retail buyers. Um, if you have any interest in learning more about that, I give a ton of that stuff away for free on Instagram at Eric underscore invest. Uh, look me up on Instagram. Right on, right on. Thank you, everybody. We will be back next week, 1130 Arizona time. Uh, you know, that's when I'm waking up late. Eric. Two minutes before he gets up. Hey, calm down. Calm down over here. I'm on, I'm on West Coast time, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. See ya.